You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamesy. Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend, Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. Andy Wizard of Whiskey himself, Mr. Shanglock. But the reality is... They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Look, for all you listen today, I'm not an idiot. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk, presented by Bet. U.S. Here with your break from all the High Resource 5 propaganda to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. Before we get started, life is back on, sports bettors, and BetUS has your NCAA, NBA, NHL, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800 792 3887. That's 800 79 bet us. Bet us for 100% 125% bonuses when you use our promo code TTTT125. That's promo code TTTT125. You get 125% bonus on your deposit. Customer service pros are ready to get your phone, social, and online sports betting kicked off started now. Play with the proven mainstay in the industry. Bet US. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS.com. Joining me now, Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend, Jason Bailey. Take it away, Jason. Greetings and salutations, fellas. And let me add this. All right. Get that crack in there. Um, Yeah, man. Excited for this show. It's going to be a little bit different than normal because we have a special guest on the line. But um, it's my favorite time of the week, man. Ready to get it going. And the Wizard of Whiskey himself, Shane Lott. What's up, boys? <laughs> Sitting in my mom's uh, basement in <laughs> South Dakota. I don't live here, by the way, uh, before those tweets start rolling out. Uh, up in Aberdeen, South Dakota, visiting the fam. I'm surrounded by Barbie dolls and drinking Buffalo Trace single barrel out of one of my grandmother's antique rose crystal glasses. So living the high life today. So you heard that noise thump and you i think you also just heard like a cricket or something i don't know what that was but you heard <laughs> very that. well could be there's a lot of them around here <laughs> good luck editing that out jamie <laughs> <laughs> you heard that noise thump and you, you you know it is one of the trademarks of the show and if you would like to get some thump apparel our new merchandise site just went live t public that's t-e-e public.com slash to the top talk it's also going to be on uh, my website, jamierington.net slash to the top talk, um, which links is linked on all of our social media accounts. You can get some to the top talk merchandise. You can get some stickers. You can get some shirts. Uh, we even have a Hall 316 shirt that I don't know how long we're going to get away with that. Uh, hopefully Vince McMahon mm-hmm. does not check out our page, but you can get your Hall 316 shirt right now. T public, T E E. Public.com slash to the top talk. Get your merch. We're excited and uh, we'll have some more stuff coming around soon. All proceeds go to help pay Jamie's tuition at Exotic Dancer School. Yeah. <laughs> and for Shane, some cricket killer. Um, <laughs> I don't live here, man. I got like a day and a half here left and I'm leaving the crickets in South Dakota. This is going to be fantastic. Uh, so also we've, we've got a special guest on the line. He does play-by-play for Southern Miss football for ESPN. You can you can hear him again calling the action this fall. Here he is, Jason Baker. Jamie, thank you for uh, having me, fellas. Uh, thank you guys for, uh, for having me. Honored to uh, be with you guys tonight. And uh, looking forward to uh, uh, talking a little Southern Miss athletics and Southern Miss football. So let's prime the pump really quickly and and. I don't know if you would call this a family show or not, but what could you tell us a wild story that you've witnessed from your time being involved with Southern Miss football? Oh, man, what what a question to start, Jamie. <laughs> um, now you see why we start drinking. Early. Let me. Wow, man, that, that's a heck of a question. So I didn't I, did, I wouldn't preface for that. I was. Let's come. Well, we'll I'm telling you, okay. done something crazy. Well, Mark Stamp was 
Um, Marcian was just fantastic to work with. He was he was awesome. Um, I'll give you one. I'll give you one. Uh, this is I'd, I'd have to quickly research, but we played Tennessee. This would have been in the last part of Jeff Bauer's time here. And uh, at that time, uh, the sideliner Pittman for the radio crew was having some technical issues. And I was actually a spotter for John Cox. And I actually had to bring Lance a piece of equipment right near halftime. Um, and so I'm making my way down uh, to the field of Neyland Stadium. And um, I'm hanging out by, at that time, both Tennessee and Southern Miss went into the same locker room tunnel, which is just never a, a great idea. Um, but it is what it is. And so at the time, I'm kind of waiting by the tunnel. Lance was going to interview Coach Bauer. I was going to get him a piece of equipment. And so I'm standing at this tunnel, and uh, this Tennessee fan who's who's been in it, and at that time, the Golden Eagles were actually up this day, I believe, at halftime or or at least within, within punching chance, and uh, really had controlled the first half. And I mean, this fan is just reaming Philip Fulmer. And I mean, I'm standing there. I have no headset on. I'm just listening to this guy just ring Philip Fulmer and I changed this equipment out and uh, man, I mean, he's just giving it to him. And I just kind of turned around and kind of gave him a little like wink, if you will, to the fan, like, man, keep it up. And uh, I don't know. It was just one of those moments. I don't know that I'm describing it the best, but it was one of those moments where you're just like this, this is college football. Like we're up here wrecking these cats afternoons and, this guy's been into the bottle way too much uh, for an early start, and he's just given Philip Fulmer another one. And uh, just off the cuff, without knowing that question was coming, Jamie, that that's probably one. Uh, and then I can give you I, I can give you one more. Um, we played on a Sunday night in the Liberty Bowl against Memphis uh, in Liberty Bowl Stadium, and there as well, you're heading up the locker room. And uh, I finished with my uh, sideline interview with Fedora that night, with Coach Fedora that night. And uh, all of a sudden, so I, I'm not a very big guy. And I mean, you know how intense and Larry Fedora is. I mean, he's an intimidating figure. All of a sudden, a little ruckus is caused up the tunnel. And I mean, like, I'm interviewing him and I can tell he's ready to, to be done talking to me to go handle what's happening because both <laughs> teams are sort of headed for the locker room. And, all I've, I finished the interview and all I could hear is I think uh, John Cox could see up the tunnel a little bit and could kind of tell uh, the two teams were exchanging words and, and they weren't dinner plans for afterwards. And uh, it was one of those moments that was, you know, like, hey, guys, like we need to calm down. But but Coach Fedora did nothing but calm down. I mean, he, he all of a sudden loses it. and. There's bodies flying everywhere, and it, it was it was some good stuff. And uh, I think we wound up winning that night. It was a good night in Memphis, Tennessee. All right. Brought to you by Sugar-Free Red Bull. They <laughs> <Yeah>. don't know. <laughs> they don't know. They don't know. <laughs> Stick it in them. Well, uh, before we get too deep into the show, we, we, we've paired with our friends at USM Voice on Twitter, at USM Voice, and we are giving away a pair of Southern Miss football season tickets you can follow the instructions on our twitter page you must be following to the top talk and usm voice you got to retweet and like the tweet and then tag a friend in the replies we are going to announce the winner on next week's podcast we're going to make that decision randomly so we cannot uh, at least i will not be bribed um so go to our twitter page check it out go to usm voices twitter page check it out we're going to be giving away tickets and this giveaway will end next Tuesday night. So y'all get after it. And you may not be bragged, but my yard needs cutting. <laughs> I thought you were in this Thursday night mowing lead. You already I am, man. My trimmer's all jacked up right now, man. I'm having to go buy some more stuff. So better get uh, some advice from Chris Leonard. But no, man, this yes. Yeah, that's that's my go to right there. Um but this thing is so cool. Uh, this USM voice and, and, you know, and, and he's, he's footing the bill for this whole thing and he asked us to tag along and it's great, man. It's, I think the seats are awesome. 25, 30 yard line, something like that. So, um, I mean, what a gesture, uh, from somebody who just loves Southern Miss and, you know, and bleeds black and gold and, and apparently has way more money, you know, than, than I do. <laughs> so, uh, but it's really cool that he's doing it. And, um, and I hope that the, the lucky winners, uh, you know, really want them. 
Yeah, he does some awesome stuff with that Twitter account. I mean, that guy puts in some serious work. I always uh, appreciate all the stuff that he puts out and all the content he creates because uh, he's got some talent that does not exist inside my body. Uh, but <laughs> super, super good dude. Uh, loves the Golden Eagles, and and this is an awesome thing to to partner on. Well, and, and you know, I mean, gosh, you talk about him. He's been putting it in uh, in the work a long time on Twitter. He's got nineteen thousand followers, which is is you know for. A, a non-affiliated account that's pretty amazing. So that's that's really awesome that he's been able to build that following and really cool, really cool to part with, partner with him on this. Um, so before we get into the first scrimmage was today, and I want to get Jason's thoughts on the team. Jason Baker, not Jason Bailey. We know Jason Bailey's thoughts, but um, I want to tell you about this. So Charlie Latrell, uh, for the Fourth Street Sports Show, which I believe is a, a radio show locally with uh, some students at the university. He tweeted out on the 4th Street Sports Show, Director of Athletics Jeremy McLean said that the Golden Eagles football team is nearing a 90% vaccination rate. Quote, we're finishing up some second rounds of shots, but we're going to be above 90%, McLean said. McLean said that encouraging vaccinations has been uh, the key responsibility for the athletic department in protecting its players and ensuring a safe return to events this fall following uh, during the rise of the Delta variant of COVID-19. So some very good news there. Um, you know, I don't know if we're going to get player specifics. I don't really need player specifics, but it's really awesome that we've uh, eclipsed that 90% vaccination rate. And hopefully we uh, are able to get through the season with much less of an interruption than we had last year. And, and, and more importantly, hopefully all our players are able to stay safe. Well, and I guess the 10% that haven't been vaccinated yet, if we were to go play Tulane, they just wouldn't make the trip. Well, that's, yeah. We got another uh, few years to short that out. It's a vaccination or a negative test, right, for Tulane. So as long as they tested negative, they could go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Man, I would have to get it just to avoid that test again, man. Did Did you guys ever get tested? I have not. Uh, my daughter's been tested like three or four times from different exposures at daycare. And uh, my wife, Catherine, had to get tested a couple of weeks ago. She was in a meeting with somebody and she said it was not a whole lot of fun for my daughter. They just kind of went with a Q-tip right inside her nose since she's mm-hmm. so young. But, yeah, Catherine said they poked her brain and, and yeah. kept it there for a while and she did not enjoy it. Yes, it is 10 out of 10 uncomfortable. Well, yeah, so hopefully, you know, hopefully you know, some of the other guys can can come on. Hopefully they'll fi- think about it. Hopefully they'll come on board. It would be great to get hey, as many as possible. Hey, Bake. Uh, yeah. So how many of these tests have you done being around the athletic problem? Uh, uh, I'm, some, I'm somewhere over 100. Good wow. Time. Yeah. So but I'm also uh, so I'm also a fully vaccinated member of this program now as well. Back in uh, June, I chose to do that. I didn't do it uh, during the season last last season, mainly because you were still subject to testing. Um, and so once the conference uh, in Southern Miss allowed for um, some leniency as far as testing and getting the vaccine, um, I chose to do it this summer because of the time period that basically it will not prohibit because I do think there'll be some random testing that I'll have to go through, but uh, it won't quite be as extensive as last year. And uh, on on a different note, not to take it down that way, but I'll tell you guys this, uh, man, if you see an athlete out there that went through what we went through a year ago, and then you know any member of Todd McCall's training staff, you should thank them if you got to attend a Southern Miss sporting event from a year ago, because what those guys and gals did uh, to test these athletes to I mean, I'm talking testing at I've, I've been tested at 430 a.m. I've been tested at, you know, midnight coming back off a road trip. Um, these guys went above and girls went above and beyond. And for me, I live about uh, 40 minutes away from Hattiesburg. So it was quite the commute. And man, they worked with me last year uh, to the umpteenth degree of being able to allow me to be dad first. Um, and then get tested second. And, uh, but I did, I made every test they ever had scheduled for me. Um, and, uh, luckily I went, uh, however many, I think I'm somewhere over a hundred, uh, all negative, never had a single positive test. Um, so I just decided not to roll those dice, uh, as your bet us plug goes in. I decided not to play that gamble <laughs> in, uh, this year and, uh, went ahead and took, took the vaccine. And I, I'm, I'm so glad that I have. 
See, that's a pro's pro right there. First time on the show, and he's right <laughs> in the middle of a of a rant and works in a bet US. You know, that's impressive. The man is a television professional. Yeah, he <laughs> he's he, he's probably already regretting this performance. <laughs> <laughs> So we, at the end, it's not too late. He can just be like, look, guys, I can't be a part of this. Could you please take my name off the episode, delete my audio? You didn't tell me what was going to really happen. It's just going to be a full episode loop to crickets. That's right. <laughs> well, Jason, you you spent some time around the team this summer. Um, what are your thoughts on just the the environment around the team? It seems like a more energetic it, it really feels like the players are buying into to Will Hall and his staff. Indeed, yeah, you you couldn't hit the nail on the head more, Jamie. It's it's exactly that um, high energy. Um, they they have a quiet confidence about themselves and about this team, and um, you know that that's attributed to to Will Hall, and that's attributed to these assistant coaches to take a team that uh, battled what they went through a year ago and. Uh, to be able in an off season um, to create a swagger, a confidence. Um, and, and I think, you know, you'd be foolish if you're around this program and get access and be able to talk to these guys and, and watch them at practice. Um, you'd be foolish to say they don't have it. Um, you know, there's, and, and it's a different kind of confidence. I've, I've mentioned this to uh, our sports information director, Jack Duggan on multiple occasions um, for such a high energy crew, they are very much subdued in their coaching manners. And what I mean by that is, you know, there's several ways to get across in coaching. Uh, and some of them is, you know, the spiking of the headset and, you know, explicit of laced. And that's not this staff. This staff, I heard Coach Hall on y'all's podcast a couple of weeks ago mentioned that, you know, with all due respect to the academic side, the best teachers on campus were on his coaching staff. And I would tell you just – I've been to, I think they've had 10 practices. I've been to eight or seven of them so far. Uh, he's probably right. <laughs> I think they're really, really good teachers. Um, they have a tone about them in that way. And um, it, it, it breeds a confidence to me, to the team, that the, their coaches can coach in this manner and get their point across, get the schemes across. And look, it's not to say that these guys aren't spiking headsets and, and energetic, but they, they pick their choose and their moments. Uh, they don't, they don't have to be that way at all times. There's, there's other ways for them to get their point across and, and get the information to them. And, um, you know, I, I, I applaud it and I can't wait to watch it, you know, under live fire underneath the lights and MM Roberts. Oh, most definitely. And it looks like just observations. Like we haven't been to any practices, but off of reading the reports off of, off of listening to the post game interviews, uh, it, it seems like it's kind of been a back and forth battle between the offense and defense, but particularly today. Yeah, I thought the offense today made tremendous strides from what I've seen them against the one defense prior. So I've really felt like it's been really defensive heavy um, in terms of when they're going live uh, in the first few weeks. Um, I, I felt like the defense was ahead of the offense. I'll make no bones about it. But today, uh, was a little different. Um, I thought the offense controlled things early. Um, I thought they knew what they wanted and, and they got it. And um, the opening series couldn't, you couldn't script it better. Downfield pass to Jason Brownlee, who goes up and catches the ball at a high point position. They hurry up to the line, get a play call in, and uh, Frank Gore on a, you know, flats tight pass, and then Frank Gore doing what he's going to do, which is, uh, he's just really, really difficult to get a good lick on and uh, bounces off a couple of defenders, made a good move and scored a touchdown. So um, you take Trey Lowe and Jason Brownlee and Frank Gore Jr. And you give Trey Lowe a little bit of time. And I think this is what you can see from an offensive unit. You know, you mentioned Frank Gore. Looks like he had the uh, the biggest day out of everybody. 145 total yards from scrimmage, eight carries, 77 yards on the ground. Three receptions for 68 yards, including a 35-yard touchdown reception. So Frank Gore uh, coming a long way since his freshman year. I guess this is his second freshman year, but it seems like he's stepping up and becoming, you know, kind of the the I, I would say venture to say probably the most visible and recognizable player on the team. There's no doubt, and I think his teammates 
feed off of him. Um, he's a leader. Uh, he's, you know, not, not that this wins any football games, but he's a fantastic young man. Um, I've had the opportunity to, to visit with him on a couple of occasions. Um, and you just get this vibe, this confidence from him. Um, I'm sure some of it comes apart with uh, his genetics and his father and, and what his dad's been able to accomplish, but he just has this sort of uh, awareness of who he is and what he wants to do on a football field. And uh, the game is certainly not moving too fast for him. That's, that's what I've noticed in him. And um, man, it's, he's, he's really special. I think to me, his greatest attribute is his ability to catch out of the backfield uh, and then I watched him on a couple of occasions today. I think he's a heck of a blocker. Um, and I tried to watch that intently because I don't know that I really paid that much attention a year ago when, when calling his game, games and, and watching what he was doing. Um, but it seems like he's grasping that role. And I kind of get the notion, Coach Hall's alluded to multiple occasions, you know, that we're going to rely on running the football and relying on a power game. Well, that doesn't just mean Frank's going to be carrying it that way. There'll be times where it's, he and another running back in that backfield, and he's going to have to be the guy that's leading the way from maybe a Darius Mayberry, you know, or a Deshaun uh, Richard. And, uh, he's got to take pride in that, too. And, and what I've seen from him so far, um, he's having a fantastic camp. And I think you're right, Jamie. I think he's already blossomed a little bit from his from his freshman year a year ago to, to now what would be his basically COVID freshman year. Yeah. Absolutely. Hey, Vic. Yeah. Uh, talking about that. That power game right there. I mean, from everything that I've read and from what I watched last year with my own eyes uh, and the guys that we've gotten back, it looks like the tight end room um, is one of the stronger rooms on the team, I would think, or at least on the offensive side. Uh, can you talk a little bit about what, what the tight ends might look like this year? I mean, it's been so long you know, since we've actually utilized a tight end at Southern Miss. And through everybody's eyes, it looked. Everybody thought that we've we've had talent at that position, but from from what I've been hearing, we're looking at possibly some some two tight end sets. Um, you know, I, I would think that that would go along with with that strong running game. Ah, uh, yeah, Jamie is. Um, or excuse me, bump. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it, it's it's definitely going to be something present. I think he, I think Coach Hall is is certainly keen enough as an offensive mind to look into that room and. You know, Grayson Gunner, a guy who's six foot five, 247 from a year ago, uh, runs really well. I think he's a really all around good tight end. Um, you know, what I saw from Grayson a year ago, I think he had some opportunities to make some really uh, clutch plays. And, you know, he made a few and, and I think he'd probably like to have a few of them back. What I'm seeing from him this year is uh, they know Grayson. They know what they have in him. I mean, you're talking about a young man who signed out of Arkansas, out into Arkansas, out of high school. He's a graduate student. Uh, he's got kind of a veteran presence about him. Um, I'll tell you the one to watch uh, who's sort of a, a freakish kind of athlete is the, the Luke Baker tight end. He was a freshman a year ago. Uh, I believe Luke Hales from Naples, Florida, if I'm right. He's another 6'5 kid. Uh, I think Luke runs really well. Now, I've never seen his 40 time or anything of that nature, but just to the eye, uh, you know, he gets down the field and then you take in driver and you take in Cavallo. Um, and those are guys that are kind of the H back hybrid can be a tight end, can give you some matchup kind of problems. Um, and yeah, Bumpa, it, it's a room that, um, I, I think they got a lot of potential. I'll say that, you know, I think, and I think they'll get their opportunities as well, not just for the hand on the ground blocking. I'm talking, they'll get some opportunities with, uh, play action pass because when you look at the way this offense is hopefully setting up to be, uh, you know, with Brownlee on the outside, who's who's a, a matchup nightmare, um, who really is going to have to have safety coverage over the top. And you got a Frank Gore Jr. that's really a really good all around back, and that's a deep running back room. Well, now all of a sudden you got to allocate maybe another safety or a backer, and all of a sudden now the the middle of the field is becoming a lot more open for this offense. And those are some big targets for Treylo to hit uh, going down the seam. So, you know, it's, it, it, it poises to be a really big opportunity of growth for this offense from a year ago if they capitalize on it. And, you know, from what I've seen, they're going to get their opportunities. You mentioned Treylo in the scrimmage today. He was 12 for 22 for 231 yards and two touchdowns along with an interception. He, uh, 
Also added a rushing score from one yard out. My goodness, Trey Lowe, it seems like he's come a long way since he was kind of thrown into the fire last year against Rice. I think the key statement in that, Jamie, is that he was thrown into the fire. You know, I've tried to not judge Trey or even maybe evaluate Trey with what we saw early from him last year. What I try to do is I try to close my eyes and I try to go back to that Thursday night against FAU when he wrapped up the season. And, you know, you look at his numbers in that game. He was 13 and 19 for 209, two touchdowns. He did throw one INT. And, and to me, the command that he had in that game, what you saw there was a young man um, that showed a lot of growth. Uh, I think you saw a young man that probably spent a lot more time in the film room uh, because let's face it, as he started the year last year, he was third on the depth chart. He had a veteran quarterback in Jack Abraham. He probably didn't know how many snaps he would see in a Golden Eagle uniform a year ago. And uh, to be pushed into that situation like he was and uh, to understand from what everybody tells me how he handled it, he won the room over. Um, and I will tell you what I'm watching right now is what they've been singing all summer is like, just just wait like this guy's coming. And man, he's a prototypical size quarterback. I mean, this guy has put on the muscle. Um, he can spin it with as well as anybody I would think in our league. Uh, and then I think, you know, you alluded to the one yard touchdown run today. Uh, you know, I think that might be his scariest attribute uh, because I think he can run a little bit. Uh, a guy who played baseball for West Virginia. Um, you know, he was an athletic quarterback in high school. And all of a sudden now you're talking about a guy that's, you know, I think he's about six, three, two something. You know, they got him listed at 218. He's not that. I want them to weigh me if, if he's 218. <laughs> and uh, I think, uh, you know, I think you're talking about a big body coming downhill on you out of that shotgun uh, position, come running down the field on, on a read option type stuff. And so, that's the part to me that gets me excited is if he can utilize his legs or he could, he could be a threat. We've also added a lot of depth up front. I mean, there's, there's some guys moving around different positions, but it seems like it's kind of setting up for us to be probably the deepest we've been in quite some time on the offensive line. Well, it was an, this is one thing that maybe people didn't realize from a year ago, this was actually on my site chart uh, for my UTSA game a year ago. We were the 11th most experienced offensive line in all of FBS last year in terms of number starts. Now, Trace Clopton is gone from that as he was a part of that uh, note. Uh, but, uh, you know, you've got four of the five back. Of those four, of those five starters for that game, Tykeem Doss, Khalid Washington, Gerquan Scott, uh, and Arvin Fletcher. Um, and then you got a guy in Bryce Foxworth who started some games. Paul Gaynor has started some games for us. Coker Wright has started some games for us. Uh, so you, you've got some experience back there. Um, and yeah, uh, it's, it's, they won't lack in experience. I think across that, at least the starting five. I think you're looking at a group that's got a lot of snaps underneath them. Oh, we're still there going with a we're still go, still rocking rolling back. there. He's back. He's back. Oh, I've been here the whole time and, and cricket so, free. I, I, I did relocate to a different spot. Although I think somebody's <laughs> walking down the stairs above me right now. Uh, so I don't know what's worse, crickets or the world sounding like it's about to end. I, I, yeah, no, I'm I'm here. I'm just enjoying listening to. Uh, Bake, spill some knowledge. I bet that is. I bet you get like a nutria coming down the stairs or something. <laughs> uh, it's actually my mom's dog, Bo, just came to join me. Oh, okay. You're That's like the, coming down the you're stairs. Like, you're like the creepy old guy from Family Guy, and your dog. Anyways, let's get back to the. You having a hey, thing war in the summer? <laughs> yeah. So, so just a minute ago, when you were talking about the O line, you you threw out the name Kalik Washington, and every single time that I watch one of these uh, post practice. Um, pressers with Coach Hall, he seems to have something great to say about Kalik Washington. So, like, what is in your eyes? What has stood out about him um, in, in practice so far? You, know, I'll say this, Bump. With the experience 
comes like a calmness about them. And I think in, in any time you get an offensive line unit that has like a business type approach to it, uh, I think you stand to win some football games and I think you stand to have some success from an offensive line standpoint. Kalik Washington is that to a T. He is on the field doing his job the same way every single day. Every time you watch him, that's that's who he is. And mm-hmm. I think you could say that for a handful of those guys. You know, Arvin Fletcher, uh, to my knowledge, I don't think has not not started a game in his collegiate career, if that's proper grammar. And basically, in other words, he started every game in his college career. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you're talking about a guy in Arvin Fletcher that's got that kind of experience. Uh, and then Kalik Washington's got pro size. This is a big offensive line. This this will be um, – I don't know. I've been a part of Southern Miss football for a long time. This will be one of the bigger offensive lines, uh, at least what they're showing right now, uh, one of the bigger offensive lines that you'll see. I mean, Gerquan Scott, uh, let me see if I can give you guys – I mean, he's 6'4", 331. I think Tykeen Doss is 6'5", 379. Um, those are some guys you're going to see out there. That's those those guys have have got it, and um, they've got the size. And uh, you know, like I said, I think I think you're looking at a unit that maybe is being overlooked uh, for as experienced as they were. I mean, they're going to be. My guess is they're going to be top ten in FBS in, in number of stats as far as experience is concerned. And um, you you poise that with maybe what we got on the outside and um, could be special. Looks like we've got a battle brewing in the kicking game. And as far as the stats go today, uh, Briggs Bourgeois with two extra points and hit all three of his field goal attempts with a long of 38. Andrew Stein hit both of his extra point tries and was two of three from uh, on field goals, making from 32 and 21 yards. What have you seen out of this kicking battle? So this will be a really weird answer, man. I don't know that I do kickers, Jamie. <laughs> I, don't <know. laughs> I don't. I don't know that I want to say if I think one's ahead of the other, because man, you want to talk about making me look like a fool? Or I, I don't know. I, I leave specialists alone. I tweet at them, and then that's about all that I'm uh, partaking in. Those guys. I, in all seriousness, uh, it's tight. Uh, I think they have a lot of talent. Um, I think. Bourgeois is going to have that experience factor to it. But then, you know, I don't know if you guys saw the the tweet today from Southern Miss football, but they showed how they wrapped up the scrimmage today uh, with Andrew underneath pressure, all of his teammates around uh, punting towards that south end zone and, um, you know, making a big time kick. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I like that. Let me say this. Yeah. This is a coaching staff that is determined to be good in special teams as a whole. Uh, they put as much emphasis on it as any staff that I've ever been a part of. If we have any listeners that are having trouble or not excited about right right now, let me know. I'm really curious if there's anybody that's not excited about Southern Miss football right now that's <laughs> a, it's been a Southern Miss fan. I would be. We I got would, one on the line, Jason Bailey. <laughs> hey, man. I'm just leaving myself some room, you know, to, like, like my glass is not going to be all the way full yet. These people that already have the glass all the way full, there's nowhere to go. I'm leaving myself some, a chance to, to be excited and to be surprised. So I am, uh, I am, you know, just tempering my expectations as much as I can. I'm excited as the next guy. I, um, I'm st- still in that six to seven win range because even though we have all this experience coming back at the line and and blah 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 we got this we got what i look at is if you told me any team in the world had a brand new coaching staff a brand new quarterback and an offensive line that struggled that's coming back i'm not looking at a championship team right uh so that's where i'm sitting i hope i'm i can't wait to be wrong i can't wait for people to just fill up my twitter timeline with told you so (laughs) you know but that, that's that's where I'm going to stay. You heard it here first, folks. Jason Bailey says that Golden Eagles are not going bowling this year. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. That I mean, I I expected him to push back a little bit, but he went a little too far. A little too far there. <laughs> Anywho, well, I've I've been sitting here a lot longer than normal, so I've, I've I've been drinking a little bit more than normal. So, I say we start collecting ring sizes. I mean, that's the way I feel. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been sitting there? 
all day. I'm on vacation, son. <laughs> hey, I got to give a shout out before I talk defense. I got to give a shout out to Brad Dennis, who is a was a walk on receiver at Southern Miss. I'm good friends with his dad, Greg. Is Greg Greg's an awesome guy. Three catches for 35 yards, and two. Brad also showed up on. The, so they've tr- been tracking the players via GPS, and he showed up as one of the top five speeds today. Whoa. So congratulations to Brad for that. Jason, can you give us some more information on the GPS tally for today? So I saw that exact same tweet, and I have it on my phone right here just so I could have it in case we got to it. So your boy, Jason Brownlee, who's like the – I mean, he every time I see him in, in a scrimmage or a highlight or with my own eyeballs – he just keeps reminding me more and more and more of Quez Watkins every time. I guess I'll get Bake's take on that in a minute. But so today they gave the top five GPS speeds. You mentioned Brad Dennis at 19.75, which is just crazy fast. And that was number five. So the top, the, the four ahead of that was Brownlee at 21.81 miles per hour. It's like a freaking cheetah. Uh, Cam Harrell, 21.65. Eric Scott, uh, 20.84. And Raekwon Mitchell at 19.8 miles per hour. So that's five guys right there in pads and a helmet on their head running 20 miles an hour. That's just crazy. Uh, the defense had four turnovers today. Josh Perry with a 29-yard interception return for a touchdown. Josh Carr and Caleb Garner also had interceptions. And Rashawn Mitchell had a fumble recovery. Uh, as far as sacks goes, uh, Avery Habas, three sacks. And then one each from Mitchell Sellers, Austin Todd, Tyrese Hopkins, and Devin Thomas. I know this is kind of all in. This question is all encompassing, uh, Jason Baker. But what have you seen from this revamped Southern Miss defense? I've seen where it's a defense that, by their leader in Austin Armstrong, is trying to change their mental approach to the game. And I think it's working. I think they're flying around a lot more than maybe what you saw a year ago. Um, I think there's some parts to it that I think are still kind of under construction, if you will. Like, um, you know, just on the opening series. I mean, and of course, Jason Brownlee's going to be a matchup nightmare for everyone we play. Everyone, literally everyone. And he's a guy that that, you know, I will tell you. I mean, if you wanted to make a catch, you could make a catch today. Um, so I think there's some some issues maybe there that we're still working out on. Maybe who's going to be out there at, at corner and, and starting and that sort of thing. Um, but then, man, there's some plays. You you mentioned the Josh Perry INT. Uh, that was against Trey Lowe. Uh, Josh Perry played it absolutely perfect. You're talking about a veteran guy, too, out of Memphis, seen a lot of college football, played a lot of college football. Um, and I mean, he played it beautifully. It was a quick slant. He had, you know, faked the blitz pressure, whatever you want to call it, uh, kind of gave a indication like he was coming, peeled off. Trey read it and, and the receiver was open. It was, uh, you know, I guess the right read, just he was fooled with uh, Josh Perry and, and Josh made it just a fantastic play. So you're seeing that. I will tell you, getting Rayshun Mitchell back, Rayshun set out last year. Getting him back is just such a shot in the arm for this defense. Um, he's a lockdown corner. He's a guy that um, I, you find, you highlight on your site chart, you know at a certain point in the game he's going to make a play, uh, and that's who he is. And, um, you know, he's a guy, matter of fact, he wasn't the one on Brownlee, um, and that's probably by design by Coach Hall's part. And I'm sure Austin probably would have liked to try to flip him over there on him. Um and so I think it's a defense that, you know, from what I've seen, I thought they were maybe a little ahead of the offense uh, going into today's scrimmage. And then uh, maybe coming out of today, I just sort of left there with uh, it's a defense that's improving um, and, and they've got some room to improve. And, you know, I, I think if they do improve, you know, you're, you're talking about a team that, that all of a sudden has maybe turned the corner uh, from a mental approach. That's kind of how I look at it. Let's take just a second to talk about our friends at BetUS. Bet with a three-decade leader, BetUS. Join now with a 125% bonus by using our promo code TTTT125. Or you get a 200% bonus with crypto by using our promo code TTTT200. 
So if you're using crypto, TTTT200. Bet sports, casino, horses, pop culture, and more at BETUS.com. You bet, you win, you get paid. Bet US. So the Wool Hall introductory tour was scheduled to take place last uh, Saturday, August 14th. It was postponed out of an abundance of caution. Out of an abundance of caution, that is. They will be, it will now take place this Friday night, August the 20th at 5 p.m. Because of those precautions, they are moving it outdoors. It is moved from the USM Wellness Center, a.k.a. the volleyball facility, outdoors to Spirit Park. There's a new stage out there, uh, Southern Station Stage. You're outdoors. You should be able to be separated, and you get to, to listen to Coach Hall get fired up. Another thing in regards to Spirit Park. So this is something they're trying to push. It's a big tailgate area uh, for Southern Miss football games. They have announced several acts. They had another one today. So just to give you an update on what the acts are right now for Spirit Park, during the pregame tailgating for all Southern Miss football games. They've got three of them lined up right now. The September 11th game, Adam Doliak will be in Spirit Park. October 9th will be Driving and Crying, which is not an Aerosmith cover band, as I was expecting. (laughs) (laughs) They're a good band, man. They're a good – Apparently, you never never went to the dock as as a young 20-year-old. I didn't say that I never went to the dock. I don't remember who was playing at the dock. Fair point. Fair point. No, and then on November 27th, one of their members is a Southern Miss alum. Muscadine Bloodline will be playing at the uh, at the Southern Stage at Southern Station Stage at Spirit Park. So just wanted to let you guys uh, know a little update about that. One more update from our friends at Southern Prohibition, the new beer. That they've got coming out, the Southern Miss themed beer. They tweeted a photo today. If you haven't seen it, we we shared it on a social media outlet. You can go to Southern Prohibition's social media outlets. Check out the can of Gold Rush. It's going to be out in the next couple of weeks. Hopefully, it will be out next week. They've just started canning it, and it should be ready to go soon. So, looking forward to to uh, partaking in the elements. Yeah, I'm expecting I'll... that suitcase on my front door uh, any day now. I got Mark Doliak all over it for me. We're going to break some federal laws and, and transport alcohol across state lines <laughs> next week. And uh, I can't wait to get into it. Eastbound. Well, I guess it would be eastbound and up if you really want to get technical. Yeah, yeah. Not, not eastbound and down. Eastbound and up. <laughs> eastbound and up. Uh, NFL news this week. Quez Watkins had a 79-yard touchdown reception last Thursday night against the Steelers. Pretty much blew up Twitter. He was trending on Twitter on Thursday night. So Quez Watkins is is playing the football that we all knew he was capable of. Well, I mean, we've talked about it 100 times on here, but every time we watched him play a football game, he was more times than not the best player that we saw on the football field that day. Uh, and it seems like a lot when a lot of the Golden Eagles go to the next level, they have to, like, crack through this – you know, this invisible ceiling or whatever of just like, well, you came from, you know, a non P5 school, which is not even a real thing. But anyway, uh, you know what I'm saying? And 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 so it's it's nice to see him do the same exact things like the like the pass that he caught the other night that was making all the highlights of so that that little the swing pass out to the side where he makes one move and then he's just gone. He's running away from everybody. We saw him do like that same thing against UTEP and people would say, well, it's just UTEP. Well, now he's doing it against you know NFL really fast dudes, and um, it's just nice to see him him get his due because uh, I, I thought I thought he deserved it from from day one. So it's a it's a good thing. Yeah, when I say it was a 79 yard touchdown reception, it was not like Hertz threw it down the field and Watkins went or, or Flacco threw it way down the field and Watkins went and caught it. It was a quick slant, like a quick slant, and I mean Quez Quez is the person that made that TD happen. Sure. So yeah, he's patient, waited out for his blocks to develop. I mean, caught, you know, popped it out there pretty quick and, and he gave his blockers a second to get set and took off down the field. And I mean, four, four, three, five speed. Uh, once you give that guy room to run, good luck. Uh, that's not something you want to do. Other NFL news, uh, Ito Smith released by the Arizona Cardinals today. Hopefully Ito lands on his feet with another team. Uh, and then Tim Jones released by the Jaguars uh, along the same press release as Tim Tebow. But uh, Tim Jones, 
if he clears waivers, he's able to come back on the IR. So hopefully that fingers crossed that happens because they, they invested a lot in him. So I would imagine that they're going to try to, to, to keep him on, at least on the practice squad if possible, once he returns to health. Uh, Shane, any uh, soccer information this week? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, ladies ended last season with a nice deep run into the Conference USA tournament. So uh, interested to follow uh, or see how they're going to follow up since it was a, a delayed season last year. And, and this season comes up pretty quickly on the heels of it. But uh, had a couple scrimmages here in the last week, uh, went down and it, it wasn't at Florida. I can't remember exactly where this this tournament took place, but uh, played University of Florida, had a 1-0 lead at the half, but ended up falling 2-1 to the Gators. Uh, and then on eight, August 14th, uh, went and played ULM and beat them 2-0, so a 2-0 win over the Warhawks. Uh, they've got now with uh, with the two uh, exhibition games behind them. Now the regular season starts on the 19th at LSU. Uh, that's a 7 p.m. game. And then they'll follow that up with a game on the 22nd at Grambling State. So uh, here in the next few days, the Lady Eagles soccer team will have a couple games under their belt. And uh, excited to see how the season goes for them. Jason, what about golf? So, yeah, so the Golden Eagles uh, open up this uh, September, uh, September 12th through the 14th at Squire Creek Golf Club. It's a tournament that's going to be hosted by Louisiana Tech. So it'd be nice to, uh, it's always good to beat Louisiana Tech in anything. So hopefully that, hopefully the golf guys and Coach Brescher can uh, get after them over there. And I also wanted to mention that our good friend, uh, Reed Trimble is now in low A ball playing for the Delmarva Shorebirds. Um, so, of course, Reed got drafted by the Baltimore Orioles, and um, so he's already making uh, – he's already advanced at least one level out of that rookie ball to a low A ball, so that's a good thing. Moving up quick. Mm-hmm. Real quick, so uh, Southern Miss pitcher Gabe Shepard uh, unfortunately had another arm injury this week and is, is giving up baseball. So – Gabe Shepard's uh, been through it with the injuries. He'd kind of gotten to where he was better and then ended up, according to his Instagram, having uh, t- tearing his UCL again. So Gabe Shepard, our best to Gabe. Uh, mm-hmm. Really, I mean, really had some stellar games as a Golden Eagle and, and wish him nothing but the best. I don't think anybody's ever going to forget that game at MGM Park uh, where he just you know, lit up the, uh, the, uh, the gun all day, like around 100 miles per hour. I think he came out in the seventh inning. We ended up throwing a no hitter. Uh, maybe Baker can refresh my memory, but it was um, yeah, yeah, it was just completely electric uh, to this you know small in stature guy. I mean, he's built like a tank. Don't get me wrong, but you know a shorter guy and to see the ball come out of his hand was just incredible. And uh, yeah, heck, I thought last if if he's healthy last year was good with as good as our pitching was, he might have been the one. How crazy is that? Um, so it's, it's too, it's, man, it's just not fair. You know, it's, it's never fair when stuff like it, ha- this happens, uh, it's going to happen again. Um, but he'll, uh, you know, he'll come back from this. He'll, he'll end up doing great at something. And, um, and I'm just glad that I got to watch him pitch when I did. Crazy, crazy story. If I can add to it, uh, bump for you on that uh, day. Uh, so that, uh, no, that combined no hitter against rice that day. Uh, I was, you know, you dream as an announcer and as a broadcaster to be able to uh, call a no hitter, be a part. John's uh, Cox has been a, a part of so many of them already, and I have never called one. And uh, a matter of fact, I think during that week I had even tweeted like, man, it would just be an amazing event to call it. Well, uh, unfortunately, but fortunately for me, but unfortunately for the voice of the Owls, J.P. Heath, he lost his brother that week. Uh, for the Rice Owls, and I actually filled in calling uh, the action for the Rice Owls radio huh. broadcast. So I was I called a no hitter, all right, but unfortunately on that day I was calling it for the Rice Owls, and uh, that was a weird dynamic for me. And I I would <laughs> right. pull the headset off and uh, turn to uh, their longtime SID Sully, and I turned to him and. I would just tell him, like, Sully, I can't begin to tell you how weird this dynamic is for me at this moment <laughs> and how difficult it is to call. And uh, it was your right bump. I don't if if you were in MGM Park that day, 
you'll probably never forget it. And I would imagine that crowd grew by about 6,000 of how many Golden Eagle fans were actually there that day. And uh, what a day. That fastball was as alive as uh, maybe any fastball that I've ever seen thrown from a Golden Eagle pitcher um, that day. It was just like truly special. And I mean, it kind of came out of nowhere. He had pitched what I think like 14 innings prior to that start. And Scott Berry gives him a start in a conference tournament and said his stuff had looked electric in the pen. And um, it was electric from the mound in MGM park that day. And uh, yeah, the, the best wishes to him because man, he gave a lot of golden Eagle fans some memories that day. And he gave one announcer and myself kind of an odd kind of twist to a no hitter that day for sure. How how long have you been involved in covering Southern Miss? Off and on, Jamie, since 2003. Um, in some form of capacity, I've called some games. I, t- I took a brief hiatus uh, to kind of solidify an insurance career for a little bit. Uh, I'm, I missed all the era uh, where the football team was really downtrodden, and I'm kind of glad I did. Um, <laughs> but, uh, it's, uh, but no, I've now been around. Blame it on. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but uh, no, I've been around it uh, since uh, 2003, and uh, I've been really blessed uh, to be a part of a lot of moments. What do you have? It's what's been like your favorite moment to cover? Uh, without a doubt, I, I, I was hoping you would ask me today because I tried to close my eyes and think about them. Uh, without a doubt, the blocked. Uh, field goal attempt in the New Orleans Bowl against Troy. I was the football sideline reporter at that time. I'm still close with a lot of those guys and members of that team. And that moment was absolutely pandemonium for a sideline reporter. And at that very moment, like you, you never just like want your joy to just like exude out of you because you have a job to do like you know John's going to come to me and I knew he was going to and I'm just running around the field trying to grab every player I could and I'm trying to find Michael McGee and I'm finally able to get to him and man like you dream of those moments as a broadcaster to be able to like catch a guy in a moment like that making you know a lifetime play and I asked Michael McGee you know Mike have you ever done that before and of course, he's just overjoyed with emotion. People are hanging all over him in the Florida Superdome. And I ask him that question and he says, oh, yeah, man, I've blocked a bunch of kicks in a game bigger than this. And I said, wait, like what? <laughs> and if you know anything about Simpson County High School football, McGee and Mendenhall play what's called the Simpson County Super Bowl. And for kids in a county like that, it doesn't get any bigger than the Simpson County Super Bowl. And he tells me that, you know, in the floor of that Superdome, he just won the freaking New Orleans Bowl. And my answer back to my question is he had blocked the kick in a bigger game in the Simpson County Super Bowl. And I can remember going back to him in the locker room. We interviewed him twice on the postgame show that night. And I asked him again, and he just kind of chuckled and laughed and was like, man, that's just who I am. Like these, you know, blocking kicks is what I want to be known for. And I said, well, I can remember wrapping up with him that night and and letting him get back in the locker room and just say, well, buddy, I can assure you there won't be a golden Eagle fan in this building that forgets your name or forgets that you blocked this kick in that building uh, tonight. And uh, by far that, that moment was just, I don't know. It was just, special to be a sideline reporter and to know what happened earlier in that game with DeAndre and Russell's emotions with DeAndre Brown in that Mm. night was just one of those things. It was one of those moments. You'll you'll never forget where you were at the moment in time that that occurred. And then later on that night for Michael McGee to send us all home that night uh, in the floor of that Superdome was just, um, yeah, I get chills thinking about it. I can picture myself running around, uh, Tumbo Abanaconda was the first guy that I interviewed and Tumbo is a big old dude and he grabs me around my shoulders. I thought he about broke me in two. <laughs> he was so happy and I'm trying to get them all to calm down. And man, it was just, yeah, just one of those memories. Uh, if I had to pick one, that's going to be my one for right now. Who, do, awesome. who does the best John Cox impression? Ooh. Oh gosh. Uh, does I'm all do- this out there. Does, Man, does, does Almond have one? 
No, no, <laughs> DA hasn't done that to me yet. He hadn't told me, he hadn't shown it to me yet. Jack Duggan does a really good one. I probably shouldn't say that, that they're, they're cohorts <laughs> on their baseball broadcast, but Jack does a good one. And then we had a baseball manager in the Corky Palma era named Stephen Guaz. And Guaz probably did the best John Cox of anyone. And then if I had to give you one more, Trey Cuevas, the catfish, does a pretty darn good John Cox uh, impersonation. Wow. No, that's uh, that's good. That's good to know. Just good to know for future reference. (laughs) I'll tell you what's, uh, you know, talking about announcers real quick. I know you're probably trying to wrap it up, but so me and Bake played in this uh, golf tournament this past weekend. And it was really weird for me because the first time I ever played golf uh, with Baker and, you know, when you hit a shot, he would react to the shot. (laughs) But in my head, you know, I'm just used to listening to him on the radio and on the ESPN broadcast. (laughs) So uh, I kind of felt like, you know, he was he was calling the game and uh, it was cool just to hear him back there. It's, it's, it's neat then. And it's even neat now. And I, I wish I could call some golf. That That's really that would be the. Hey, if you the, ever need a color guy for golf. I mean, hey, bump, if they ever ask me to call some golf, we're in, my man. Yes. Me and you. It's uh, literally I don't. How about this? I'll, I'll give you all a little uh, looking forward to. I, I know you follow Golf Bump. Amanda Balionis, she's the golf mm-hmm. reporter for CBS. You know who I'm talking about? Sure. Okay. Amanda Balionis, here's her connection to Southern Miss. Are you ready? Okay. We're going to play FIU in the last game of the year. FIU's quarterback's coach is Bryn Renner. He's the quarterback coach at FIU. Amanda Balionis and Bryn Renner are set to get married following this football season. What? Um, Yep, and I, I'm trying to arrange for her to join our broadcast if she's in Hattiesburg uh, for the game against uh, FIU uh, in November. I haven't had much luck yet, but literally, what I want to ask her is, "Hey, how can I have your job? Like, how do I how do I get to go do that? Like, <laughs> travel around the country, interview a couple of golfers, you know, see some of the world's best golf courses. That's that's a that's a setup right there, my man." Well, and if she needs a tailgate to come by before the, before the uh, broadcast, you know, you can just. So if I'm not mistaken on this, Bren Renner, did he not play quarterback for Fedora? He did. He sure did. He played wow, quarterback so in North Carolina. Good one, Jamie. That's right. That's another he connection sure there. Yep. Yep. Very cool. World. Well, hey, Jason, we appreciate you coming on the show. Do you have any thoughts on this season for the Southern Miss fans? Well, I don't do predictions, but I'll say this. Um, I think with what this team endured from a year ago to be around them today, they deserve a full M.M. Roberts Stadium. And I mean full and loud. Um, I think it's a coaching staff that um, is will feed off that energy. I think it's a team that will feed off that energy and um, just knowing what these athletes went through from a year ago, from testing, from the turmoil, from the season, to know where they are today. Um, if you wear the black and gold and, and you cheer for the black and gold and, and this is your alma mater or this is the school that you attended, come. Come support them. Give, give them a chance. Give them a shot. How many games they're going to win? And uh, I don't know. Um, but I know this. Um, I covered Will Hall when he was a junior college quarterback. In Mississippi, he's been a winner then. He's been a winner everywhere he's gone. I got a pretty good mind in me to believe um, he's going to win here. And I don't know that that'll be this year. I don't know that it'll be next year. I don't know. That's that's not for me to determine. Um, I'm going to call them all the same way. And so uh, but we want you there. And, uh, you know, I think this is an athletic department that deserves a lot of praise for the way they've navigated through all of uh, the last 18 some odd months. Um, you're talking about an athletic administration that welcomed the world back to college football, fellas. They they took a step out there and we were the first college football game of the year last year. And that doesn't go unnoticed um, that they had enough um, gumption in them to, to lead this athletic department that way. So uh, I'll just say if you listen to this podcast, that's all you hear. You can record my broadcast. Go back and watch it on Sunday. 
uh, get your get your butt in the rock and uh, cheer this Golden Eagle team on. I, I know they would appreciate it. I know this athletic administration would appreciate your support as well. Oh, thank you so much, Jason. We appreciate you coming on. Guys, do you have any shout outs this week? Uh, I got a couple shout outs. I want to give a shout out to Brad Smith, who, number one, he's just a fantastic job on the marketing side of things. I think his actual title is like senior athletic associate director something. Uh, but anyway, he's the marketing guy. Uh, he had a birthday this week, so I wanted to give him a shout out. Uh, you can follow him at Brad Smith USM on Twitter. Uh, Gatlin Steelman, uh, who we've actually interviewed on to the top talk. He's the coach at Forest County AHS. Uh, baseball, and that's the tournament that it, that we uh, that I was talking about. Me and Baker played in uh, this past uh, weekend with uh, with Dickens and uh, T Row, and um, the oh and uh, Noel Stringer. Noel Stringer is one of the guys that does the um, uh, the countdown. Puts out, yeah, the countdown. You know, re- represented by the number on the jersey of a former Southern Miss player. He had to go deep in the archives, I think, to find a picture of Car Shannon. But he brought out Car Shannon on there, so that was really cool. And the last shout out, man, I got to give another shout out to USM Voice on Twitter just for doing this thing. It's really cool. Um, there's not a bigger USM fan out there, and just wanted to give him his props once more. Shane, you want to uh, give a shout out to the South Dakota? Yeah, man. I mean, look, it's been a long time since I visited South Dakota, and I hope it's a long time before I come back. Uh, I've been trying to talk the fam into meeting up in different locales instead of coming to South Dakota to visit. But uh, there's there's worse places. I mean, I walked into the local grocery store, and on the shelf was a single barrel Buffalo Trace for like 26 bucks. So uh, I'm not mad at that. That that makes my life a little better up here. Uh, no real shout outs this week, but I did want to throw in something that I read in an article earlier this week. Uh, Jason mentioned it earlier when he was talking and I could have thrown it in a little closer, but I was having so much fun listening to him. Uh, talk about the offense and the defense that I kind of forgot I was part of the show for a little while and was just listening. <laughs> um, but uh, Luke Baker, uh, Jason was talking about how well he moves out there and it uh, listed as six five two forty. Uh, the article I read here in the last couple of days said that that after the summer program and the speed program that they put him through, uh, he's in the four five four six range. So that's a lot of human being moving real fast. Most definitely. Yeah, yeah. I, I love how Jason Baker uh, goes out there and makes a prediction for another for a player to be awesome this year that also has the last name of Baker. Ooh, Ooh. that is sneaky. <laughs> we'll take it. Look, though. as long okay. as as long as Jason Baker is involved this season, uh, I feel much better because, as he mentioned, when he's not involved, the program just goes to absolute hell. Um, so uh, don't be planning on taking any hiatuses anytime soon. Uh, we're going to need to be calling as many games over as many sports as possible, even if they're not broadcast. If you wouldn't mind just showing up in the stands and just doing some play-by-play, we need the good juju going. You know, I could, set, I could set Bump up and tell him, hey, Eddie Brescher's called me. We're going to call some golf, and we could just go out there and I could imitate that we're actually calling it i could achieve a dream of calling some golf and well bump could just tag along and he wouldn't know any different probably we'll take video of it but we'll put it up on the to the top channel and i mean that will actually be a broadcast you won't have to lie to yourself you'll knock that off the list if you're you're into tennis you could uh, you could always go get on top of the new cane superstore and uh, (laughs) call a game from over there so that is a fact well, guys, thanks. Thank you, guys, for joining us. Hope, hope all of you enjoyed it. And as always, Southern Miss to the top. Talk.
Call Katie Case Bailey with Dunbar Real Estate for all of your real estate needs. Katie Case Bailey, Realtor Extraordinaire. Something to show, something to list, something to sell. Call today at 601-408-9980.